Militarily Speaking, Episode 22. We're going to go with fish, but it's really friends in service of heroes. But we're going to be saying fish a lot. We, aren't we, we are. We are. But it's important for people to know what that means. So yeah. this episode, we talk with Paul Chapa, founder and chairman of Fish. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean, wonderful co-host Jody Vickery, and I wouldn't be here without you. So I never for know all quite how you're going to introduce me. So. Yeah. At least today it was pleasant. <laughs> Again, welcome to our show. We're excited to have you listening and learning about fish. As Tom said, friends in service of heroes. I want to take just a minute and introduce Paul Chapa and tell you a bit about him, because he's probably too humble to do that himself. For before Paul, you do that, oh, gosh, already. It's hard to believe he doesn't have military experience. I think, though, he does by extension. Yes. And it's almost like he's built for this. All right, go ahead with his resume. Okay, now my turn. So for Paul, 9-11 was a life-changing event. It was a motivating factor driving him to use his talents in the industry he loves to also serve those who serve our country. Although he never served, many of his family members, including his brother, uncles, cousins had served, and he felt compelled to find a way to serve and include industry friends. He's now been in the publishing industry more than a quarter century and co-founded the trade magazine Frozen and Refrigerated Buyer in 2009, and he still has a full-time job. We just talked about that, a full-time job on top of all of this. Yes, Paul's day exhausts me. That (laughs) that year held his first Retail Patriot event in conjunction with the annual National Frozen Refrigerated Association Convention, and the Retail Patriot event was designed to honor grocery retailers that have gone above and beyond to support our troops and veterans. It was at that first Retail Patriot event in 2009, held in Washington, D.C., that Paul met Marine Colonel Marshall Denny. It was this fortuitous meeting that led to his subsequent introduction to Lieutenant General John and Carol Davis. Meeting with Lieutenant General Davis in 2010 at the Marine Corps Ball in Corpus Christi, Texas, generated the idea of creating a Heroes Dinner to honor enlisted servicemen and women and their spouses. Two months after the discussion, the first Heroes Dinner was held at the home of Commanding General Lieutenant John Davis and Carol Davis, in 2011 in Cherry Point, North Carolina. A 2013 Heroes Dinner with Major General Glenn and Gail Walters inspired him to form Food Industry Serving Heroes, Fish, which then received its 501c3 status in 2013. The name was changed in 2016 to Friends in Service of Heroes to become more inclusive. And just a few of the recognitions, and I'm sure this is a short condensed list, but just to share with our audience, 2013 Marine Corps Foundation Semper, 2016 State of Missouri Proclamation, 2017 State of Kansas Proclamation, same in 2019, 2021 Daughters of the American Revolution Distinguished Citizen Award, 2021 Inaugural General Larry Oppenheimer Marine Corps League Citizen Award. Oh my goodness. You're a humble guy. We've had the pleasure to meet you before today. So thank you for allowing us to share just some of that with our audience but you're doing, you're doing good work for all the right reasons. We couldn't be more happy to have you join us today. And I would love for you just to start by sharing with those in our audience that may not have come across FISH before what the organization is all about at a macro level and really how it got started. You're a great storyteller, so share away. Well, thank you both so much for having me on. It's a great honor to be here. So as, as you mentioned, 9-11 was a defining moment for for myself as it was for you know for the world as we sit here today I'm in this very same basement that I was in the morning 
that my wife came downstairs. She's off on Tuesday, so she's upstairs. So I better be careful. But um, <laughs> behave. She came downstairs and said that we're under attack. And instinctively, because of an event that happened a couple of days before, well, we found a scorpion in our basement here in Kansas. I lifted my feet and was like, "Where? Where?" And she says, "No, upstairs. A plane just flew into the twin towers." And as I rushed upstairs to to see what was going on, that's when the second plane flew into the second tower. You know, I, we had just had our first daughter and I remember both of us just looking over at, at our baby and, and just realizing that the world she was going to grow up in would be very, very different than the one that we had grown up in. And being in the grocery industry for a long time, I'd worked for a publishing house out of Chicago and I had this idea because I felt I, I had to do something like so many I mean, you think about all those young kids that just like World War II were rushing to the recruiting office to join yep. you know, the military to defend and protect our country. I felt like as an old guy, I, I, obviously I can't do that, but I got to find something. I have to do something. I can't just sit here. I have to do something. And I decided that I would create an event, an award to honor retailers that supported our military and first responders. And the company I worked for at Chicago just saw it as a great revenue opportunity, but it was never about the money. It was about just doing the right thing. You know, if you look at the victims that, that were killed that day, there at the Pentagon, there was a, a Rosemary Chapa. And I just felt for her and everybody else, I, I got to do something. And so when I was told this would be a great revenue source, show me a business plan, I decided instead to write my own business plan, leave and start my own publication so I could create my Retail Patriots event and just focus on doing the right thing. And when you know it, our first event was just a few months later. Our, our first issue rolled out a couple months later and our big national convention, the NFRA show, National Frozen Refrigerator Association was there in Washington, D.C. And a few hours before, three hours before my event, I'm in the coffee shop saying a prayer. Because frankly, I'll tell you guys, I wasn't sure if anyone was going to show up for my vet. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if I communicated it, you know, well enough. I didn't know if it was too soon, you know, to 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 do this or not. But I just felt to my heart that I had to do it. It had to be done. And I have. You may have heard me share. You know, I, I got a five second rule. Something hits my spirit. I got to do something about it. <laughs> and so, we did something about it. We started this publication. We had started our first event and. At that coffee shop, this guy looks up at me after I finished praying. He says, "Sir, are you okay?" Oh yeah, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was. Uh, he said, "You were praying." Yes, I was. I got an event three hours, <laughs> and I just hope that people show up. Wait a minute, <laughs> major. This young man had a scrambled egg on his chest, mm. and he was in uniform. I said, "Okay, that's a major, major. Why are you in uniform?" <laughs> well, we have a we have two military go events going on in this hotel. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, so would you mind introducing me to the guy in charge? Well, why? Well, this event's about you guys. I'm owning grocery stores to support our troops and first responders. So it's about you. I'd love to have you join us. Well, okay, let me have your card. Long story short, he introduced me to this Colonel Denny, Marshal Denny, and I invited him to join us that night. He asked me what time. I, I said 5.30. 1730. I went, 1730? No, five. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Yes. You add 12, yeah. subtract yes. 12. Yes. I always yes. have to right. count on my fingers for yeah. that. 
And when, and they all they all got they all got a chuckle out of that. And sure enough, at 530, 1730, Colonel Denny, the major boots Williams, and about 20 other officers walked in the door for my first retail patriot event. Uh, Colonel Denny subsequently became like a brother of mine a year later. I'm at a Marine Corps ball in Corpus Christi. He was the commander of Matt Sag 22. And it was that night at the ball that, which was the first ball I'd ever attended in my life of any, any kind of ball. I was just, it was just amazing. But prior to us li- leaving for Corpus Christi, I had, I had thought, you know, I need to bring him something. I can't just show up, you know, at this ball without a gift in hand. He's, you know, the, the guy putting it on invited me. So I went and got a nice bottle of Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker Blue. And as I'm wrapping it up, I'm looking at my wall because on my wall, my, my business partner had bought me and mailed to me a framed photograph of the first Iwo Jima f- flag raising. The first one, you know, there was wow. two. And one of the Marines in that photograph had taken a knee and he had his M1 and he was on, on, on alert, you know, he's watching out for the enemy. And his name was Charles W. Lindbergh. And Charles W. Lindbergh, his story was on the back of the photograph. He had signed it and he had recently passed away when, when I got that photograph. And as I'm looking at that photograph with the bottle of Johnny Walker in my hand, I thought, Okay, Johnny Walker, he can pick up anywhere. But this signed photograph for the first flag raising, that is something that he and his family will cherish for the rest of their lives. So being that my daughters were not in the military and he had two sons that were and two little girls, I took that frame picture, I wrapped that up and I showed up to that first Marine Corps ball with that in hand. And I I told everybody, you know, when they introduced me, all these officers at the pre-party. I said, well, I was going to bring you a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, no, you didn't. You didn't bring it. No. Sorry, I just to keep that for myself. Come on. I went, well, you should I have both. Yeah. I brought you something a little different. And I handed it to him. He unwrapped it. And as he unwrapped it, you could have heard a pin drop. He was completely surrounded by all those people at that party. At the, at, and, and they all knew what it was. And he just looked at me and I said, this is something that I think you would treasure more than that bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. And it, it was it was little things like that, you know, that I met his commanding general, General Davis, and I threw out this idea about doing a hero's dinner. And he looked at me and General Davis said, you know, that's, thank you. But, uh, you know, what do you need from me? I said, well, I want to invite enlisted Marines and their spouses. Paul, I know you didn't serve, but we, we just can't do that. And my lovely, darling little wife, places her hand under the table and pats my knee. <laughs> That's the universal like, sign for. <laughs> yeah. nice, nice try, hon. That was really good. Yeah. That was really good. She's patting my leg. And I said, but general. And then her nails came out and clawed my knee. <laughs> they teach us that at wife school, you know. <laughs> There's a class and, on it. And I don't think General Davis had ever heard anyone just interrupting like that, but general. And and, but I threw out this idea how it would be a great way t- for our enlisted Marines and their spouses to know how much my industry, the grocery industry, appreciated their service and sacrifice. And his wonderful wife, Carol, interrupted as he was explaining to me why they couldn't. Well, who's the chef? I went, Rick Tarantino, Chef Rick. 
And she smiled and then General Davis just shook his head. General, you know who he is? Yeah. We just bought his cookware the other night or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Nights ago. And I was like, yes. Yes. And, yes. Um, and he, he made no promises, but he said he would go talk to the commandant. I didn't know who a commandant or what a commandant was. <laughs> and half hour, 45 minutes later, he came back and said that the boss, the commandant of the Marine Corps loved the idea and we would do it in January and he'd get back with me on a date in January. Well, I was all excited until all of a sudden that cold, just frosty feeling overwhelmed me because, yes, this is great that, that the general and the commandant, the boss, had agreed to do it. But there was someone that I'd thrown into that conversation that knew nothing about it, any of this. And that was Chef Rick. Yeah. <laughs> he had no clue. So I had to call him in the middle of the night. I woke him up as 1.32 o'clock in the morning in Boston. And he said, I already do the Heroes Dinner. What are you talking about? The MVP dinner for the Super Bowl. Rick, I'm not talking football players. I'm talking Marines, real heroes, real helmets. And he agreed to do it. And <laughs> we have done 37 of those dinners around the country since that time. And wow. that's, how, that's how Fish got started. And it was at one of those dinners in 2013 at another general's home there in Cherry Point, North Carolina, that that night we learned that the general had lost some Marines in Afghanistan. And a statement was made to the effect that it's 2013, Paul. America's not at war. They're at the mall. <laughs> and guys, that statement right there, it just it just penetrated my spirit. I mean, to hear that that statement come out of this, this man, this warrior, and to see and hear the emotion in his voice, the emotion in his in on his face. I just said, General, what can we do? Because we, we're here because we care about Marines and our troops. Just keep them in your prayers. This is going to be this is going to be a, a long war. And it certainly has been. But it was that night, January 30th of 2013, that that statement was made. 2.30 in the morning, January 31st is when Fish was born. That night we left and I the guys that went with me to that dinner, we were up all night talking about what we had just experienced and witnessed and that's the night that Fish was born. And since that time, we've been able to just pour into so many lives. I mean, just so many people. And as you said, I'm not, I didn't serve. And I think it's important for, for those of us that did not serve to find a way to, to essentially raise our hand to serve those that did raise their hand to defend freedom and provide the security that we all take for granted each and every day. So that's a, uh, Nutshell on fish. Thanks. I love that. I love that story just as much this time as when I know we got the pleasure to hear it the first time. I think we'll learn a little bit more about fish when we ask a few more questions coming up. But what are, what about the three pillars of support? You want to talk about those with our listeners? Certainly. So it all started out with recognition, you know, doing these heroes dinners. And, you know, we find ways to recognize those that have served our country. So many times, you know, they, they, they wonder if their service mattered. Well, they know it matters when they're wearing the uniform. They know that. They're part of something extraordinary. They're America's team. They, they really are. And so that's easy. But when they get out, everything changes. You know, no longer, you know, that are they wearing that uniform? No longer do they have their team behind them, their guys, their gals, you know, their troops. And now they start to wonder if their service really mattered. And we find ways, these, you know, the recognition events that we do. We do a monthly speaker series and we recognize those that have served our country as speakers. But in the, in the room will be 
countless veterans and active duty soldiers that again we after it's it's all about reminding them you were your service mattered then and it continues to matter now don't forget that because so many times they forget and you know i will again i sometimes i feel really awkward because i didn't serve but i'll get in someone's face with the knife hand i'll I'll like you've forgotten who you are have you forgotten who you are you know, and, and so they, they might have a menial job and stuff. And I'm like, OK, so what was your rank? I was an E5. Tell me about your budget. What? How much <laughs> were you responsible for? Sir, I was responsible. It, it happened just today. I was responsible for almost six, six million dollars worth of equipment. OK. And how many men did you have under your uh, under your command? Sir, I was an E5. I had like 200. I was like the battalion, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's you're still that person. You still yeah. have that skill set. So don't forget, just because you're here right now doesn't mean that's where you're going to stay. So come on up. Come on. Let's go. Let's get in the boat. Let's go find something else to do. You know, put them back on mission. So that's the support pillar. Always reminding them of who they are and what it, and what they can do. And they have the skill set that you and I, just because you went to college, I'm sorry, as an employer, I'd rather have someone that has served our country and I give them a mission and I let them go because I know they'll figure it out. They'll figure out how to get it done. So that's our recognition pillar. Right. Our health pillar would be whereby we would provide an individual that, again, we call it going fishing. The vets that we serve never see us coming. Okay. Those that really need help will never ask for help. So we go find them, hence the word fishing. Okay. And so we've provided to date 39 service dogs to our military community. And again, these are individuals that look, they're struggling with post-traumatic stress. You know, they're waking up with the sheets on the floor. You know, they're waking up, not even in bed. They're waking up, waking up somewhere else or waking up in, in a pool of sweat. You know, they're, they're, maybe their spouse or girlfriend has moved to the next bedroom because she doesn't want to be injured in, in the thrashing that goes on. You know, within two to three weeks of them receiving their service dog, you'll they see the sleep start to take place. They, they're waking up, rested. They're waking up and the sheets are on the bed and guess what? Their loved one is next to them and everyone's happy, everyone's sleeping. And that's the other thing about post-traumatic stress. It's just like someone with a CPAP, you know, it's not just the person that needs a CPAP that doesn't sleep, it's the spouse. And once you get the CPAP, guess what? The spouse is overjoyed because now she's sleeping. (laughs) Yes. In the same room. Yeah. Like a bear. They're not having word to worry if they stop breathing or are they breathing? I, you know, blah blah. And so everyone's happy once they get a service dog. It's it's incredible how these furry angels will completely change and improve the quality of life for our veterans. And so we're very honored to have and blessed to have a tremendous trainer that she's actually is from the Liberty, Missouri area, <laughs> and the dogs that she trains for us are just absolutely fantastic. So. Service dogs, mobility chairs, track chairs, quadriplegic chairs. December 22nd, we heard about, actually it was December 20th, we heard about a Vietnam era Air Force veteran. He was, had lost his leg because of some disease and he was bedridden, quadriplegic, can't use his hands. Just a horrible situation. One of our warriors just, just laying there and, you know, how can we pour into him and improve the quality of his life. His wife, who weighed probably 100 pounds, maybe 105, was having to lift this man on her own. And, you know, we just 
we got to we got to do something for two years. They tried getting a quadriplegic chair from the VA and all they got was more paperwork to fill out. Yeah. So we stepped in and we got him a twenty thousand dollar chair that is not only going to improve his life, but it's going to improve the life of his spouse because now she can actually take him out on walks where the controls are on the back. Actually, hers has a wired control so she can walk right next to him and control the chair so they can get out and enjoy life again instead of just mm-hmm. staying home doing nothing and just it's another day of the same thing you shared when you showed us that picture of him being in that chair that uh, just amazing and yeah so that kind of equipment that quite frankly you know you would think our federal government should be providing this for our veterans for, but i'm not going to make any excuses for them uh, i'm not it is what it is but oftentimes we're able to mobilize and react to our veteran situations much quicker than the VA. As long as they have a DD-214, they have an honorable discharge honorable general, or general discharge, we're going to step in there and do what we can. That's it. End of story. And so very blessed to have such a great support system here, a bunch of great volunteers, individuals and companies that want to support us in this way. So we've been able to do that. And then finally is what we do call our support pillar. Our support pillar is simply this. Again, using the fishing principle, you know, we'll have an individual that approaches us and, and will say, look, hey, fish, I got this soldier that has gone through a really, really difficult time. They've had some medical bills and they are pretty much flat broke and they're behind on their rent or they're behind on their, their utilities. And, you know, they could really use a little bit of help, you know, just a hand up. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're we're going to jump in the hole with them and uh, try and help them out of the hole. It is just, it's not a handout. It's a hand up. Okay. It, it's not, you know, that that's one of the things that really it irritates me about our military. I hear it all the time. Sir, I'm okay. Thank you very much. Oh, really? Yeah. You're living in a van with your son. Is that okay? Well, I mean, we're, we're comfortable. No, 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 no. Is that okay? Well, it's not okay. Good. I'm glad you admit it because we got a place and we're, we've got rent set up for the next three months for you. Don't worry about it. You know, save your money. And but for the next three months, this is where you're going to be. It's, you know, and all we ask of them is that they pay it forward. They pay it forward by getting involved with fish to being, you know, being volunteers with us. Or if we have a situation where we have a veteran in need, like, for example, we've got, you know, Doc at the VA. Hey, I need someone to go and get Doc out of bed and just walk him around the hospital a little bit, help him exercise. So the sooner he gets well, the sooner he gets out of there. Okay. And so that's what we mean by paying it forward. So it could be rent. It could be utilities. You know, we've had situations where someone lost a loved one and there was no way that they could afford a flight to go see their family in South Carolina or something. As long as we we are able to verify and we do a very good job verifying and confirming these things, then yes, we're just going to step in there and you're going to fly Southwest. Here's your flight number, blah, blah. And the, here's your ticket because the flight's been paid for. We never, ever give anyone a check for something or cash. You know, if it's rent or utilities, we send the check to their landlord. We send, uh, you know, do a, a credit card payment over the phone with the utility company. You know, that's what we do. We might, in fact, we've had situations where someone really needs some in-depth counseling. We're not counselors. We never. We do not claim to be counselors. We don't have any counselors on our team, but we will connect them with an outside the VA counselor. And if that means we have to pay, 
you know, for them to go, then we're going to pay for them to go. If this right. is what they need, this is what's going to help them move, take the next step to move forward. That's what we're going to do. We're going to step in and, and take care of that. And get wrapped up in the stories. You're such a great storyteller. I know. Just, we just do an hour and a half here. On your website, there's an inspirational story about Jerry Egram. And I'm wondering if you would share with the audience. I know. <laughs> I'm uh, wondering if you would share with the audience. Oh, he's got something. About, Our audience can't see it, but I'm looking at something. He's pulling that he's a picture off the wall behind yeah. him. Yeah. I'd love for you to share that story. This is my buddy, Jerry Ingram. Okay. And this was from his funeral service that we did on March 4th, which actually happens to be my oldest daughter's birthday and was also the same day that my son-in-law passed away. Hmm. Jerry, as you know, he passed away December 7th. Pearl Harbor Day. Jerry always wanted to, you know, he hoped that he would pass away on a day that people would remember because he didn't want to be forgotten. He didn't want to be forgotten. Jerry joined the Marine Corps at age 15 and a half. At age 16 and a half, he was a tank commander on Iwo Jima. His tank was called Jungle Jim. And Jerry was one of the few survivors of the, I think there was 43 or so that left the ship to hit the beaches of Iwo Jima. And he was just one of, I think, three that came home unscathed from Iwo Jima. And from there, he went Mm. to China and just et cetera, et cetera. But Jerry was also in the Hyatt Regency fire, the Hyatt Regency, no, the Hilton fire in Las Vegas, and was trapped in an elevator with four other men. And, you know, they were telling him, stay, stay, don't go. You know, if you go out there, you're going to die. And Jerry said, I'm not going to die in an elevator. I've been to hell and I'm not going to die in an elevator. And so he managed to open up the elevator doors and crawl up and crawled on the floor and banging on doors until finally someone opened the door and it was a flight attendant. And he said, she looked like an angel because she saved my life. And Jerry crawled in there. But from that fire, he had burns on his head that would lead to hundreds. And I'm talking, I think, 400 and 400 plus, 405, 410 surgeries Mm. on his head. But it was because of that fire that Jerry went into the fire and rescue equipment business. And he was an incredible man. And I still have his uniform upstairs because as he was passing, as he was getting close to his last days, I asked him, what do you want to wear? And he says, I don't know. I'm too fat to fit in my old uniform, but (laughs) I sure would like to be buried in my uniform. And I went and, and, and found a blouse and the pants, and I put his World War II ribbons on the blouse. Oh. And it was a staff sergeant just like Jerry. And I showed, I, I brought it to the, to the nursing home. I showed it to him and laid it down next to him. And he just rubbed on it and rubbed on it and said, this is good enough. This is good enough. And he just smiled. Had, Jerry oh. always had this beautiful smile. And it was shortly after that that he passed. But these are the men. These are the men and women that we can't forget. And we're always trying to find ways to honor them. And one of the ways that we find to honor them is our service dogs are usually named after the veterans that have been a part of Fish. We have a service dog named Jerry that belongs to a young man by the name of Taryn. Taryn was in the Army. He was Air Assault Afghan War veteran. And that dog has changed his life. We have a dog named Max after Max DeWeese that recently passed away. The reason why we name the service dogs after veterans that are part of the fish family is names mean a lot to our veterans. They know, just like you recognize General Tommy Franks, you know, they know who Roger Donlin is. We have a service dog named Roger. 
You know, and, and so we named them this because we tell the soldier, now honor this service dog as you will honor the vet that it's named after. And that is powerful. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we miss Jerry. There'll never be another one like him. Well, th- those words, what you just said to describe him will resonate with all of our listeners and the military community. So you're doing your job by spreading these stories and sharing the good words. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. We will. I actually saw on the website that you've got some charity events coming up. Is that right? We do. Tell us a little bit about those and go from there. Absolutely. We have our monthly speaker series every third Thursday of the month. So February 16th is our speaker series. And I would love for the place to be filled. We just had in January one of the original gold diggers that performed with Bob Hope and, you know, singer, dancer. And so in February, we're going to have none other than Colonel Marshall Denny himself coming into town for that, for that speaker series. So I'd love for everybody to join us 7 p.m. at the American Legion at 7500 West 75th. And then in April, April, we're going to have a, a 10K, a 5K, 10K out in Leavenworth at ZNM Winery. And that is going to be Jody on. Will be there. <laughs> <I'll run. laughs> that is on the 22nd of April. I could hand out water. Yeah. Uh, again, every third Thursday. So March, the third Thursday of March, our speaker is going to be Pat Warren from the NASCAR track, the president of NASCAR, Kansas City. Very cool. And in May is typically our Armed Forces Day event, which last year we had over 6,000 people at our Armed Forces Day event. However, we're in a conundrum right now as we don't have a location to hold it. We've always had it. We've held it over to New Century and Gardner for the past couple of years, but we were going to move it to NASCAR. And now there's some hiccups there. So we're looking for a place that will accommodate helicopters and will accommodate track vehicles such as MRAPs, such as tanks, et cetera. We anticipate six to 10,000 people to come to that. So if you have any connections at the old sandstone Azura, please let me know. <laughs> I'll say my, a- back, my back here, it's probably not big enough. <laughs> yeah. And then our 10th annual Fish Combat Golf Tournament is June 19th. And that is so much fun. On a couple holes, you will the golfers will tee off wearing full body armor, helmet, flak jacket, <laughs> about 50 to 60 pounds. And the reason for that is for those of us that did not serve, it gives them an opportunity to, for one moment, feel exactly what our troops have to endure when they're in combat. The idea came from two places. Actually, I was having a cigar at Outlaw Cigar in Oval Park with my friend Kendall and someone in the room we were watching television and it showed some Marines in Iraq and they looked like they were under fire. They were running for cover. And a gentleman that was probably pushing around 300 pounds said, are you kidding me? If I was getting shot at, I'd be sprinting. Those guys are just barely jogging. And I turned and looked at him. I went, you know, you can't even jog to the, to the TV set. <laughs> you realize how much weight they are carrying. They're carrying their ammo. They're carrying all their equipment. They may not even have any food because they can eat later. They're more, you know, they need ammo. And so, you know, this is exactly why so many of our veterans have have back issues, have ankle issues, knee issues, you know, because of all the weight. I mean, the burden, it's not just a burden of our, of the equipment that they carry. It's a burden of our nation. And so he kind of shut up. And a couple months later, (laughs) 
I was at Camp Pendleton uh, at a golf tournament, it, it, the General's Cup. It's a golf tournament that the commanding general there puts on. And wouldn't you know it, they were wearing body armor and throwing rubber grenades and all these other things. And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> when we do it, when Fish does a golf tournament, that's exactly what we're going to do so civilians can understand what our troops go through. And it, 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 it really is very powerful. It is very powerful because I will have soldiers helping them put on the equipment. And while they're doing so, they get an opportunity to share a little bit about their story. You know, I was in Iraq. I deployed to Afghanistan, you know, Vietnam. I mean, Max DeWeese was one of our guys. He used to talk about Guadalcanal all the time. And so so that's June 19th. And then we have a, a few other events in between there. There's always something going on with fish, always. There is a great video out there. I saw the video earlier today on your website about the last golf tournament you had. So it looked it looked very fun, and people will have a great time in June going to that again. That's so true that yeah. that stuff weighs so much. I had a had a chance at Fort Bragg or Pope Air Force Base many years ago to go up in a C-130, and we got paired up with an airborne soldier, and they put all of the, the gear on us. And when she clipped that, I don't even remember what it was called, but the, the bag that goes in front of them that they wear as they jump out of the plane – and then you think about it, they jump out of the plane and we got to participate in a night exercise and you it was dark. Yeah. So you could hear him hit the ground and then you'd hear him hit the ground and then you'd hear, oh, because I mean, because it was just the force of all of that. And then not just their body weight, but that on top of it and just right. crazy. But yeah, I almost fell over when she clipped it on me <laughs> and <laughs> wow. I was just standing there. I wasn't even jumping out of an airplane, but yeah. Yeah. Us old guys. I mean, that's why it's young people that, you know, that, that do that because I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, if I jump off this chair, I'm liable to break an ankle. I know. We've, I'm going to have to call Rescue 911. Hey, Paul, Paul, when I was at, I, I visited Fort Knox one time and thought I was cool by getting inside of a tank. And so they, need, they needed the jaws of life just to pull me out. So I, I had to like do this tuck and roll. And I, I rolled out. Next thing you know, it latched onto my pants and it ripped my pants off. And, it, and and blood started coming out of my leg, and it was just getting out of a tank. Oh, What's so it should be easy, There's right? There's some stories that should go untold, McLean. Oh, did I just I tell just, that out loud? You did, and right. we are not going to edit it. There's a lot of people at the company that know that happened to me, but I just I well, should have let it go. Let's just hope there's not pictures. All right, so you have done a lot. You said looking back in 2022, Paul, for, just in 2022 alone, four service dogs, two major dental bills, paid two vehicles, two power chairs, three veterans received rental and housing assistance provided enough food to feed 6,000 people. You, t you and I and Jody spoke about all the gift cards you gave at Fort Leonard Wood. And, and then now I'm going to name drop and talk about Ted Nugent and Chief's tight end, Noah Gray. <laughs> but I'm not going to get into that right now. And 33 military families received 30,500 in gift cards. And it just never stops. And I, I just think as every day goes forward, you're going to find different ways to take care of our military families. So we appreciate all that you do and your energy to make that happen. Did I steal your question? No, you didn't. Okay. I think it was kind of a nice job wrapping things up. A little bit up. of a transition. A little bit that, of a huh? transition. Okay. So, Paul, we're going to ask you to stay with us for just a couple more minutes, if, if you would be so kind. We are going to play a little game we call the Military Minute. So for those that have been playing along from Hope, last podcast episode, we had a guest from the Veterans Community Project. And our question was, what's the success rate of transitioning veterans from homelessness to permanent sustainable housing in 2021? Did you answer correctly, Tom? I did. I knew that before the question was asked. Okay, well, that doesn't count then. The answer was 
which is very high compared to the norm, as you might recall from the podcast. So if you answered that correctly on our social media, watch for your name to be selected to be the winner of, drumroll, $50 gift card for you and a $50 donation to a charity of your choice. And so fast forward to this week, our Military Minute topic is certainly going to be on fish. And if you were paying attention even just maybe two minutes ago, you heard the answer, perhaps... How many families did fish surprise with Walmart gift cards in December of 2021? Don't answer, Paul. Don't answer, Tom. If you know the answer, if you have that, what is that, a photo, photographic memory, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what that <laughs> if, phrase is. Is it audio or is it photograph? Aud- audiographic, audiographic memory. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So watch for this podcast to drop and enter your answer in one of the comments. And you too will have a chance to win $50 for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. And as always, we'd encourage folks to consider fish as part of where they might put that money to good use. You know, I'm not I'm not sure if we've said the website enough to you. www.friendsinserviceofheroes.org. Yes. Can't say it enough. Dot yes. org, dot org, dot org. That, that's a great great site, great stories, great videos. Yeah, and we're so so thankful that you were here today, Paul. It's it was a pleasure to meet you before today, but certainly grateful to share your story and stories with our audience. You're doing good work. Thank you. They can also, if you want to know more about fish and and see a bunch of videos on some of our events, you can go to YouTube and just type in Friends in Service of Heroes and you'll see our logo. And that's our channel. Just click to subscribe so we can keep you updated on upcoming events. Our monthly fish speaker series is it it is done on YouTube live. So we have very cool all over the country that are watching this. And you can even ask questions while the event is actually taking place. So it really is, you know, and, and I encourage, especially our VFWs and American Legions, because they are there are a lot out there that are struggling, wondering how to get people back into their post. This is a great way, you know, to, to come together as, as a family and just fellowship, you know, you know, just watch the video. It doesn't cost you anything. It's up there and you can type in questions. You never know who's going to be at these speaker series and you never know the connections that you might make. And we've had countless situations where guys that hadn't seen each other since Vietnam Mm. are in the same room. And it's just, it's overwhelming. It's amazing. That is awesome. We will be sure to put all of that information when we, when we drop the podcast episode. Yeah, definitely. And if you enjoyed today's episode, like Jody and I did, Go out to afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us. Leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you, Paul. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well done, Paul. We appreciate you and and all that you've given back to our country. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the militarily speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.